Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. But don't you believe for one second that heaven is not waiting for people that are called according to his purpose. God has called his people to be faithful and to keep sailing the course. When God mandates me to sail on another day, that there's a destination, there's a reason, there's a purpose in my life that God will fulfill in me. And no man can stop it. No evil can stop it. No negative thing can stop it if I simply stay the course. it is the word of God and is there for a purpose and for a reason and Solomon um, the Bible lets us know that he was the wisest king to have ever lived and um, sometimes wisdom can be a burden and uh, Solomon I believe got to the place in his life where he saw things differently than maybe he did early on in the stages of his life. And I want to start reading in verse 11 of chapter 9 where he is writing. He says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise nor yet riches to men of understanding nor yet favor to men of skill but Time and chance happeneth to them all. And let me just let me just break that down in our common everyday language, what I, I believe Solomon was stating to us here, that he had observed that sometimes bad things happen to good people. He said, I've looked under the sun and I've seen that you can run the fastest and still not always win that you can be the strongest and still lose a battle that you can have all wisdom and still have times of hunger I mean that's what he's basically saying here for time and chance happeneth to them all you see Solomon of all the people in the world understand what it meant to have everything because he had everything that the world had to offer at the at the the era that he lived in all the riches he had anything that his hearts could desire Solomon understood what it meant to have everything and yet have nothing at all now I want to take you to another portion of scripture one of the disciples of Jesus Christ Matthew wrote from a little different point of view we oftentimes put these two scriptures together Matthew writes, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Say this, I want to endure. I want to endure. I want to just preach a message that I've titled, Sail On. Sail On. You may be seated today. There's an interesting old book uh, written back in the early 1500s that chronicles the daily activities of someone that we all know about, 
because he is credited with discovering the land upon which we live. Christopher Columbus set off on his voyage for what he thought to be the Indies with three ships, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. And so as he departed, he began to keep a captain's log, and he began to write down the events starting on August the 3rd, 1492. He begins writing here, and it's chronicled in this this book of his journal. We departed Friday the third day of August of 1492 from the bar of Saltas at the eighth hour. We went south with a strong sea breeze, 60 miles, which is 15 leagues. If you don't know how much a league is in uh, comparison to a mile, a, a, a league is approximately, I'm just going to give you a rough idea, three and a half miles. So it gives you a little bit of idea how long that far they traveled out that first day. Until sunset, afterward to the southwest and south by west, which was the route for the Canaries. Saturday, August the 4th, we sailed southwest by south. Sunday, August the 5th, they went on their way between day and night, made more than 40 leagues. Had quite a, quite a journey that particular day, August the 5th of 1492. Bear with me here just a little bit. I'm, I'm reading to you going from day to day. I'm going to go through possibly a, a few weeks, but I'm setting up the idea for this message today. It was on Monday, August the 6th, that he writes, The rudder of the Pinta broke, and the men began to quarrel and argue. Finally, they made between day and night 29 leagues. That's all he wrote for Monday, August the 6th. Tuesday, August the 7th, the rudder again jumped its fastenings, but this day we traveled 25 leagues. Wednesday, August the 8th, we would have liked to go to the Grand Canaria to leave the badly damaged Pinta because she leaked badly and had a damaged rudder. But we were not able to reach it that day. Thursday, August the 9th, he simply writes, we reached Grand Canaria and fixed the ship. In spite of adverse circumstances and repeated problems, we sailed on. On September the 7th, the diary states, all of Friday and on Saturday until the third hour of the night, we were in very light winds. Not much happening. Saturday, September the 8th, at the third hour of night on Saturday, it commenced to blow from the northeast and took his course and his route to the west. He took much water over the bow, which hindered our way, and we made that day and night only nine leagues. But he writes, on this day, we sailed on. It was Thursday, September the 13th that he writes, day and night going on our course, which was west, we made 33 leagues. The currents were against us, but on this day, we sailed on. September the 15th, he writes, they sailed that day 27 leagues and a few more on their route to the west. On the beginning of it, we saw a marvelous branch of fire fall from the sky into the sea, distant from them four or five leagues. Monday, September 17th, the current is helping us along our way. Friday, September the 21st, the day is mostly calm. Later on, there are some winds. We made between day and night no more than 13 leagues, some of it on course and some of it not. 
But this day we sailed on. And finally, September the 26th, he writes, we thought we saw land and we spent an entire day sailing towards it only to discover that it was sky. But this day we sailed on. Amen. No matter what the day brought, no matter what the circumstance was, no matter if the crew was fighting, no matter if they chased after something that in reality wasn't there, when they were having troubles, when they were having encountering storms, when there was no winds, when they were fighting currents that were against them, and on the days when it was smooth sailing, on the day that they were out there, you will find most days that Columbus wrote one thing at the end of his journey of journal of, on that particular day we kept on sailing we didn't quit we didn't turn back we didn't stop along our way even if it wasn't what we thought even if it wasn't what we expected it to be even if we were disappointed even if we were coiling at the end of the day the captain's message was we just simply kept on sailing There were days when nothing happened, days that were uneventful, days that were boring. <laughs> Let me tell you something here today, and this is going to really help us to mature in the Lord if we can get this. If you're only serving God because of the excitement of a church service or the excitement of a camp meeting or the excitement of a particular evangelist that walks into town on a particular day, if you can only be excited when something eventful is happening or when a miracle is taking place, you're not going to live for God very long because by and large, most of our time, day Days living for God are simply uneventful and be, can become boring if we're not careful. There were many days when the only thing written in the journal was we sailed westward and we stayed our course. There were days when others on the ship were fighting with each other. And there were days when people were ready to mutiny and telling the captain, this is a fool's journey. You're going to drive us off right off the edge of the world. You're going to take us to a fool's dream. There's nothing out there. We're off course. This is too difficult. This is too hard. But the captain of the vessel made the command, we're just going to keep on sailing. I don't care if you're disappointed. I don't care if you like where we're at. I don't care if things break down. I don't care if there's failures. At the end of every day, the mandate was get up tomorrow morning and keep staying the course. Stay sailing. I don't care if there's wind in your sails. I don't care if the currents are against you. You just keep sailing. Adversity, boredom, difficulty, fighting Amongst the own crew, disappointments, it's all a part of the journey, friends. It's all a part of the journey of our life. Solomon understood that it takes more than 
all the wealth in the world. It takes more than, than having whatever woman you desire to have or living in whatever palace that you desire to live in. It takes more than those things in this world to satisfy the heart of a man. There has to be a spot in us that cries out to God, but there are adversities that are going to try to get you to stop. There's going to be disappointments and days of despair and times when you're hurting in your body and you don't see God anywhere around. There's going to be times when every curse is against you. There's going to be times when you're going to struggle with things and not understand things. But you listen to this preacher today. When you're in that spot and it seems like you're moving backwards, you just stay the course and keep on sailing because the wind will blow again. Your sails will fill again. And when you feel like giving up, don't you quit. You just stay the course because God is calling you to sail on. We battle depressions. We battle infirmities in our bodies. We battle problems in our relationships. We battle a world that doesn't understand why we love God with our whole heart, Brother Jones. They don't understand that, and they'll call out to you and say, the journey that you're on, the shipping you're on is taking you nowhere. And there'll be times when you look out there and you think you see something, and all of a sudden, it disappears before your eyes. It's nothing more than just a mirage. But don't you believe for one second that heaven is not waiting for people that are called according to his purpose. God has called his people to be faithful and to keep sailing the course. The captain says, sail on. In my opinion, Joseph is at the top of the list for people who just remain the course. If you think about Joseph and you compare him to other mighty men, mighty women in the word of God, you might think that he falls a little short in certain categories. If you stack him up to a man like David, you'd have to say, well, Joseph never killed any giants. Joseph never made it all the way to being the king over Israel. Joseph was never a mighty warrior. If you put him up to a disciple like Peter, you might say, Joseph never preached and 3,000 came into the church in one day. Joseph never laid his hand upon anybody that I know of and their blinded eyes were opened or their deaf ears unclogged. He never parted any seas like Moses did. Amen. He, but what Joseph did, you'll find him when you look at his life as being one of faithfulness, one of saying the course, even through the ups and the downs of life, even when things were handed to him that were unfair, even when he looked at things and couldn't understand why the people that ought to love him the most hated him the most, and he could have looked at that and became bitter and walked away, but something inside of him said, sail on. He went through a lot of ups and downs but he remained true to his course. His brothers would have just as soon him been dead. Sold him into slavery, but now time has gone by and the tables have turned and those that once had him bound are now fulfilling a prophetic dream that he had had back when he was still living in his father's house. He looked at his older brothers and he said, one day 
you're going to bow around me. They said, yeah, right, Joseph. Sure we are. That's our baby brother. He doesn't know what he's talking about. But see, Joseph had heard from the Lord. It wasn't just an average dream. It was a mandate from his captain, his life captain, that something was going to be done in his life. And there were things that came along in Joseph's life that tried to squash that dream, that tried to tell him that God had lied to him, or maybe it wasn't God at all. There were things that would try to come against him to tell him that it would never take place, that surely God would never allow this fulfillment of this prophecy to take place because he finds himself not even connected to his family anymore. But the day came when his brothers traveled to Egypt to buy food so their family could eat and not starve during a famine. They don't even realize that it's their brother Joseph that is now setting up there, making all the decisions, saying who can and who can't have the food. They're standing there and Joseph reveals himself to them. And they're not happy with who it is when they find out. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that they're very fearful. And they have every right to be fearful because they sold him away. They did him dirty. They were jealous of him and the father's love for him. And the, the mandate that, that God had put in his life. They deserve the worst. But Joseph calms their fears when he says one of the greatest statements in all the word of God, in my opinion. And he looks at his brothers and he says, don't be fearful or angry for doing what you did to me. For God did send me before you to preserve life. Joseph came to the understanding. I don't know when he got the revelation. Maybe he had it all along. But he came to understand that what man had done as evil in his life, that God had turned it into good. And there are times when you're going to have evil things done to you and evil things said to you and you're going to be mistreated and you're going to be misunderstood and people aren't going to understand why you live the way that you do and they're going to try to knock you off track they're going to try to get you to quit but let me tell you something this morning if Joseph had listened to all the negative in his life if he had followed the circumstances in his life the story would have ended much differently but Joseph understood that when God mandates me to sail on another day that there's a destination there's a reason there's a purpose in my life that God will fulfill in me and no man can stop it. No evil can stop it. No negative thing can stop it if I simply stay the course. What if he would have retaliated? What if he'd have used his power for vengeance? But no. Joseph wakes up every day. I never found one place I've never come across one spot in the story of Joseph where he ever gives us an inkling of giving up, of quitting. 
His life was a life of ups and downs, not, not too much different than many of our lives. His life was a life of extremes, of great power and then no power whatsoever. He was true and he was right and he was righteous in, in his ways and yet one lie from the wrong person sent him right into a prison cell. But God didn't forget where Joseph was at. As a matter of fact, God used every point of his life to bring him into a place of salvation for hundreds of thousands. You'll find the story where his brothers are standing before him and he does something. He gives them some gifts. After he calms their fears, he says, I want you to go home and retrieve my father. You see, dad thinks, thinks Joseph is dead. He's been told a lie, but he's never seen the body. He's simply seen a bloody coat that was brought to him. So Joseph looks at his brothers. He says, I want you to go home and get father. Bring my baby brother Benjamin that I've never met yet. I want, I want to see him as well. He gives his brothers some visible manifestations of his goodwill towards his father and towards his brother. So he gives them gifts and he gives them changes of clothes. And so when they get home, their father's going to look at them and say, what's happened here? This is not what I expected. I expected you to go and just get some food. And now you come back and you've got all these, these, this finery and you've got this nice clothing that, that's been given. What is going on? And Joseph gives them a wagon load full of food to sustain them. But it's interesting that when Joseph is giving his brothers instructions, if you read it in the book of Genesis you won't find one single place where Joseph says, now I want you to be careful with, with these riches. Make sure they get to dad. I, I, I want you to be careful not to get your clothes dirty. I, be sure not you don't waste any of this food. He doesn't give them any instructions with those things that he has given to them. The only thing that you'll find Joseph saying, be sure that you fall not out by the way. Be sure you make it home. You see, if there was somebody that had the ability to tell others about staying faithful, staying on the path, staying true to the mark and making it home, it was Joseph. He had credibility when it came to telling others, stay the course. Make sure that you don't fall out by the way. You see the gifts and the clothing and the food, all the riches and the wealth, the things that he had laden his brothers down with, they were intended to reach their final destination and so he mandates his brothers I don't care what comes your way 
you be watchful you stay on track make sure that you make it home to father because if they made it home everything else that he had given to them was going to make it home with them you see they had a distance to travel and the roads were not easy they might encounter storms if you see a storm coming batten down the hatches ride it out but when the storm lifts you keep marching forward you get home to father there might be thieves and bandits that try to come upon you unaware and take away what I've given to you but if they do you battle them you fight back and you protect what I have given you make sure that when you are through with with fighting the enemies you lick your wounds you bandage your wounds and you stay on track you may have some hills to climb and some valleys to go through there may be times when you have breakdowns and he knew his brothers enough to know that they had strong opinions they might get into arguments with each other along the way he says I don't care what happens you just stay on track would you stand with me today Your life is no different. I'm reaching out to someone right now. Several. You're in the fight of your life. And there are things that are coming against you that are trying to make you question your walk with God, your relationship with God. There are things that, that are causing, calling into question if it's worth it. If the thing that you're headed for is even a reality, I promise you this morning, this word is for you. The captain of this vessel is calling to you today. Sail on. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in well-doing. Some days are going to be mundane. Some days are going to be boring. Some days are going to be uneventful. Other days you are going to battle storms. There may be breakdowns along the way. There may be confusion amongst your group of peers. There may be people that try to dissuade you and discourage you. But you listen to this preacher today. Hold the course. There's a new world that's waiting for you. There are things that are to be discovered. Things that are going to take place in your life that will never take place if you turn around and head back to shore. The Lord is calling you. Press forward. Sail on. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. 
You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.